0: Well, good morning and welcome to the Gym Owners Fitness Business Podcast, proudly supported by the Fitness and Wellness Show, Sydney, March 2022, and Life Fitness Australia, Today, I'm talking to Mark Garrahee. Who is Mark? Mark is a high intensity interval training and body wellness specialist. He loves to talk about HIT, franchising, boutique fitness, fitness business, and of course, the fitness industry. And that's what leads us to today's podcast. Good morning, Mark.
1: Good morning, Mel. How are
0: you? I'm very well. Thank you. And welcome to the show thanks for having me. you're very welcome so today i really want to have a a good chat about when you started and why you started and then i wanted to obviously speak about where you're at now your goals for business 2022 and what trends you see emerging in 22 and uh, beyond and it's very exciting times for our industry as you would agree but let's go right back to the beginning when did you start, why did you start, and tell us a little bit about your amazing business.
1: Okay, pretty scary when you think, when did I start? So, if, <laughs> we're um, coming up uh, probably 28, 29 years in the fitness industry. Uh, had a, a retail uh, equipment, uh, um, kind of fitness equipment background there for Call it The First half if you like these days well over half really and um, from there we got into the importing side so this is nice to do a startup uh, importing company you know came up with the name and then we um, we had a, fra- a franchise retail business that you know grew quite significant and uh, you know started hitting around that 40 mil mark with 35 stores internationally. Um, I started working more away from the retail side of the business, commercial, and that's where I really discovered the passion. I've been a certified trainer for a long time and started seeing that that beginning. I was traveling extensively with the trade shows and our respective suppliers, and I sort of saying, well, I really get that boutique kit. Like I remember I think Orange was like three or four in Florida uh, yeah, when I was getting started there, and I said, that, that, that seems smart. So I can pick a winner in the sense that – I'm thinking, well, that's a real meet-in-the-middle moment. Now, you're getting the benefits of a a trainer's professionalism and other people that are doing their own thing for so long, you get community. So it really had the makings, and it was that long ago for me. And then um, I went from uh, designing and helping with layouts and. To the, to the very um, most exciting part I find is where we de- developed our own concept, High Low Fitness, uh, being high intensity and low impact uh, and just keeping that variety of spice up in different hit um, offerings that we've come up with.
0: So I have to ask you, Mark, how did you actually come up with that name, High Low?
1: Um, well, it was kind of, yeah, it's funny when you, you talk to some of the influencing types, like, you know, uh, Big My own Advocate, and um, you know, I noticed that whether it was Orange Theory and F45, and everyone's always been big on heart rate. Uh, and the one thing I was noticing too with whether it was myself doing a fair bit of CrossFit early on, and I'm, like, thinking, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm cracking 48 this year, or 49 now, geez, that's like, And I was sort of, like, going uh, – we've got to be able to sustain that high intensity. but We've got to get the impact down. So it was literally just mashing two words together of what I firmly believe in We're thinking whether uh, um, you're an elite athlete or whether you're, um, you're sort of like looking at what you can sustain. That was pretty much our thought process of uh, um, building a HIIT model that's high intensity but reducing that impact but – the evidence of heart rate could prove that uh, you're getting um, a, a, a great workout and and you know, you're working to your potential
0: so do you have uh, a mix of demographic coming to high low yeah
1: well we, we didn't want to look like that um, that model that was uh, doing the, the shotgun approach but in the same breath we were but when we first started um, you know it we, we, we were like learning that we weren't doing the, at the time the 24s big thing was you get the um, you get the backpack the water bottle and stuff so we weren't really based on that whole entire thing. we you know you, you start thinking will the uh time slots uh suit the demographics as in you know 530 there's the people that are disciplined just trained before they um workout um, amateurs at a day rather and that's the only time they can train or it doesn't happen and the mid morning you're wondering if you're getting um, you know stereotypically mums or people with with less commitments and the afternoon crew could be anyone so uh, I think over time we yeah our demographic went very much through the roof with women but it was also talking about a bit of an unknown commodity you know call it uh, this sort of era is around the 2013 month, I think, something like that, and very very much then it was a tipping point of you couldn't try and flog something in a shopping centre and expect someone to come in. So we skewed very much to females because what we were doing was working, um, but it was only to the people that were coming. So that sort of um, did make us highly skewed to female and over, over time and, you know, a, a three sites later when you understand your commercial model um, and then social media just, you know, obviously changed the world. It's the only way to market. It was the case of we do the ads. But the reality is uh, in any given time, like if people look at our Facebook pages, you look at the room and you do have an absolute broad um, thing. Like We, we actually had 55 sessions at 8.30. But you get people that fit. Um, that they, they end up going into others and, um, and yeah, we stop being specific. It took like two years to learn that, yeah, well, it, we, we make it work because the trainer's teaching regression and progression, you know, easier and harder versions of exercise. So that's how we've really got away with it. And now, like, you study, you know, you're, you're an enthusiast that just studies the market. I'm sure you're seeing too that, in the last two years you really seen that specific model of people saying over forties or, you know, really to get niche enough to say the thirty day concept, but then keep them on because they're part of the community. And so it's getting interesting about how prepared uh you to go. I can you could do the boutique that's um, that's really pushing for the Botox honky crew, lack of a better term with the Botox. We you know I mean like they're um, the selfie is just as important as the work. Granted, they work hard, but, you know, if you're defining yourself as that trendsetter one, um, yeah, some of, some of my peeps that come to our gym and um, are really fit and good at hit, but they, uh, you know, they stick out like a sore thumb and say, what am I doing here? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, I get what you're saying about the age, Mark, because, you know, as you know, we've got a functional zone uh, in our club that we built purposely for intensive interval training and it's got a whole lot of other equipment in it and one of the things that I noticed over the the years was those that didn't want to go to other business models because they felt that they were the Instagram business models they've walked through the front door at our club and the majority of those people have been deconditioned even at a younger age in their 20s and in their 30s but they've been deconditioned Or, as you're saying, they have been that older, 40, 50, even 60 age bracket where they are able to do the content that is in the high-intensity interval classes but the trainer just encourages them to work at their own level. And I truly believe that there is a great big market out there for an age group that we still refuse to tap into and sometimes I wonder, is that because it's also recognizing that we're getting older and we don't want to recognize that. So therefore, we want to continue on to market to the younger crowd because that makes us feel younger. It's a question mark, but it's also something to think about. So from opening up your club, you've got you know different age groups coming in. How many clubs have you got now and where are you situated?
1: Uh, there's four in Sydney, so there's two in the south side being uh, Riverwood and Ramsgate and two on the north side being North Sydney and North Ryde, so that's um, our current position.
0: So are, you, uh, are they company-owned clubs or are they franchise clubs?
1: Uh, two company and two franchise.
0: So you're looking to grow your brand as a franchise?
1: Yeah, there's a couple in works, but uh, it's interesting you say that because um, um, and uh, I think, as you know, there's a lot of models coming. I think what's going to be getting interesting over the next twelve months. There's definitely not a saturation, or the saturation point comes. With, say if F forty five is thousand, you know, out of territories, let's go to other countries or other models. There's still plenty of room to move, and you know, the success of body fit. So you're starting to get what happened in um, in the 24s, having Snap, Anytime Plus, you know, a lot of macro models where, you know, everyone's on top of each other trying to do the same thing. And granted, some have better equipment or just, you know, some some have figured out what they're doing differently, no contracts. I, I think our game is going to get more and more interesting because it's, it's evident that more players are coming. So for me... Um, and, you know, I've been in a franchise model for, I'm probably not that big on, um, and, you know, I, I think it's, it's, it's very scary where, what, what's the appetite going to be for people going, do I really want the ball of chain with, you know, like you could, a lot of international people out there that are your followers. Um, The rent, uh, the landlord rent and the, and the leases in Australia are expedited different to a lot of the other countries, it's fair to say, like, you know, people could have heart failure and what those sort of rates can be. So that commitment, you know, and everyone might be a bit more gunshot with what's happened in lockdown. So the question is, uh, just how? And it just depends on how does consumer and business confidence go. So while we do have a couple that have been in limbo for a while, but I'm not stressed about that and I want people to make the right decisions for themselves, they get the commitment. Um, we've actually sort of gone a little laterally and hit for everybody. We had a lot of weeks off to deal with uh, where we want to be, and I'm not the guy that binges on Netflix. So what I what we came up with hit for everybody, it's all the programming that we've done, and actually we've been at it for eight years with Kylo. Um, and it, it's, it's actually trying to look at are a bit more into clubs. Like Les Mills is probably the most successful subscription and probably the best business model I've ever seen in my life, really. I think it's been been huge. And I'm certainly not saying it's um, had its day, but, you know, choreography groups specific and and, uh, with this insurgence and, you know, I don't think we're the peak of the tsunami wave as more brands come in and and more brands are trying to sell boutique it's, um, you know, to individuals, um, yeah, HFE, we figured, was our version of uh, using the RIP uh, and our different sessions, being able to um, do that at scale, like with basically a high low, but without that expense, granted that uh, most models are, are a forty dollars to $70,000 franchise fee and all the other commitments. It's trying to change the group rooms to not just doing group. But doing some specialized hits. So that that's our that's our big focus moving forward. Well, we're we're excited about it and really on the hunt for yeah, you know, some of the, the brands that are saying, you know, they're picking us off on this and how do you do a refresh without trying to reinvent the wheel uh, or go on um, an effort to make something that, you know, you're crossing your fingers and no offense to whether it's aquatic centers or um, you know larger boxes if you're relying on your stuff for it and you're hoping for the best um, you know there's there's enough risk in that um and it's hard to scale so that's our that's our big um, um thing that we really hope um you know we get some partners involved with
0: so let me ask you then how important is equipment to the success of the programming
1: Well, let's remember where I started. That was my game, you know. So what I what I what I like uh, about this, um, especially, yeah, I think my call it my gym, my awareness of product and everything else is pretty, uh, pretty massive. And plus, I'm just not that nerd that can switch off and say equipment never again. Even you know, I'm I'm obsessed with. the commercial fitness industry and, uh, you know, I think we're in, um, I hate to say, the only gaming town, but I don't think people that try boutique kit uh, that were once walking on a treadmill for half an hour and then going over to the zoo of a strength area and trying to get on a piece of machine, I don't think they're going back to that. So <laughs> I think our market's going to continue to grow um, as people sort of say that session's time efficient and kick my ass and all the rest of it. But for me... Um, one thing about doing it in one room and it's back to that product integration idea, uh, like we we import we our own wall-mounted bags because like boxing uh, everyone knows that's a great concept so our, our one box on that we've, um, we bring in our bags from Thailand because it's the, they're a high-yielding product because you've got um, you know, we bring in ones that are bulletproof but like our whole model instead of the old version of the group where you've got ten people lined up with hook and jab pads, trashing their rotator cuffs, and half the workouts holding it for the other person. Um, a wall-mounted bag with box on allows us to do that. Then functional, which it's a very very easy to pick which toys to do there. On the speed bikes, um, you know, you fast forward to the eight-year position, and no word of a lie. Anytime you w- would walk into somewhere like Randstad that's been around that long people are still doing it eight years on and obsessed with it and that's um that's good for us and obviously not to say everyone stays in place but you know we we know that our, our churn's low therefore the product's relevant um and when it comes to keeping your your numbers up you know a lot of big box clubs for instance uh it'll be interesting how many, what percentage of fitness passport versus weekly and past members are. So to keep the numbers up, your content's got to be uh, um, quite fresh and it's got to be something that a, a bigger market can process and walk out saying, that kicked my ass. Or some people saying, I survived it and I can feel myself gradually get better Derek act. What their goal was, um, and their, their evaluation at the end of the hour or 45 minutes, whatever the classes are, that's what people are going to continually consider, and that's why we figured HFE. We don't ask the big dough. We can bring down the money of subscription and bring in our Trojan box on product on top of um, all the usual suspects of uh, functional, and just see work to a budget for somebody.
0: So let me ask you, Mark, then how important is it that equipment supplies, because obviously that's your background, how important is it for equipment supplies moving forward to give club owners training on the product that they sell them instead of the truck just pulling up in the driveway, dumping the new piece of equipment in the club, taking off, the equipment collects stuff, so the gym owner doesn't get a return on that. How important is it for equipment suppliers to step up and start to provide training on the equipment that they supply?
1: Yeah, well, the, I, I find that whole thing interesting. Like, I, I, was of, I was of a good era where that truck that was pulling up was bringing in, um, you know, the, the rows of treadmills and the bikes. And then when it comes to strength, there was this, this single single station zoo, which, you know, those products, you would, um, you know, four to six grand, and they, you know, they're, they're still all out there. But, you know, the, you see, like, um, I think um, kudos to any kind of fitness. I love the, the new layouts, the purple door, but I keep watching their functional space grow. So that's... that's um, What I'm sort of alluding to there is, um, yeah, when it comes to education and design, like, there's still those big uh, tenders where I suppose they're just writing it all up. But, yeah, if you're talking to um, individual businesses, it's understanding their needs kind of can bite you on the arse a bit where, um, yeah, you go, damn, back in the day, that whole space, I could have um, made a lot more dough uh, with a lot more equipment, but now, uh, people want room to move and do functional and you know it's getting even more interesting the social distancing thing like how seriously we treat that because uh, the pandemic's not going away so um, I don't envy be their job to be honest I, I don't miss it an awful lot but um, I, I am a big believer in but probably why I end up a On this uh, um, side of the defence, I'd rather be um, a practitioner rather than saying, yeah, you can use that thing, it should work out for you. (laughs) It's it's not not that that um, inviting club owners like us, is it? It's like, I mean, what exactly am I going to do with it? And then you do your own magic, but yeah, you need that relationship for sure with your
0: suppliers. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, education is paramount to the success of the programming that goes into the club. And though club owners sometimes purchase uh, equipment or even group fitness equipment based on the fact that that's really cool, I love that, I want to bring that in the club, the problem then becomes are the trainers going to take the product on board and they're going to need the education and consistent following up to ensure that that's, that is what they're delivering. So let me ask you, Mark, you know. 2022 is just you know a couple of months away and we've got an amazing show happening in Sydney the the fitness and wellness show and I'm really excited to be at that what emerging trends do you see happening in the next five years
1: um five years well you know, I always remind people like look at the fitness equipment how young it is and how how much it's it's evolved so fast you know and um and the more penetration we get, like I, don't, I know you probably stay on top of your data better than I did, but if um, we're only around that 20% penetration in, in commercial, you know, there's a lot to be had. And um, even to take it back a bit, um, when we are talking about older people going to the gym, why do they do it? Um, I think it, whether it's the government, um, I don't know, I don't think... Not, not fitness Australia doesn't seem to have that much. pull. we kind of learnt with how, how fast things um uh, like we shoot this late November, and we only got group for twenty people in um in New South Wales, and it doesn't go to thirty straight away. So, like, what I'm sort of thinking when it comes to the trends is that um, there's still a lot of market to penetrate, and, and how that happens um is interesting, you know, and it, it's. Like you see NDIS and we're really looking after people that are disabled and, and, and the government gets behind up, um, trying to do that. But it's, it's, it's really exciting to think. I saw, I, that market, that, that older market, we're seeing a couple of models that are going directly up after them. Um, I'm just excited for the fact that uh, we'll keep reinventing the wheel. So I'm just looking at, you know, programming and, and just different varieties of hit, I just think, is the future. Um, and, like, as we embrace wearable tech and, uh, you know, what's next, like, we, we've still got straps or, uh, on the wrists, but who, who knows where that's going to go. But bringing it all together where, you know, the equipment's next level, the programming's next level, and you can bounce around till you're 70. You know, we keep pushing the age out, and... Especially if some people say never been a gym in person, never will. There's a big market there because what I've also learnt when we're talking about meeting people with all the demographic, and I get my staff, and when I talk to myself, I'm fascinated where they weren't a jock, so they're not banged up. They just they've got, they've got this preserved body. you so saying once we get a few kgs off you, which will happen naturally. Uh, I'm a bit – I've actually got a lot more tender hands when I'm talking to them, of course. But um, I'm thinking going, you're probably going to be a wrecking ball like i have seen with so many people. So I'm, I'm I'm really excited to see we've got a bigger market. I just think Group will still go. I've, I've, I've always mucked around with um, the virtual, and I think it, it's driven itself off into the uh, ground a fair bit. When well, I noticed uh, Peloton took a 25% hit off its share price, I, I didn't reach it. Too much in the data as to why there's probably a lot of elements to it but um i think there's just so much of that going on for free so it might be harder to yield subscription moving forward obviously seen has done a great job so i'm not that big on it um but that's me obviously i'm pretty obsessed with um with club group in particular specializing in that but we obviously did pivot to that model and everyone dropped it pretty hard uh, and came back and even people that weren't in our gym model and were using our stuff because we had on demand and live sessions and made it all on one app so we we had a good go at it uh, the way it dropped off i'm there going I know if it's just me but i try and talk to people a lot but i'm, I'm not that big uh, in the in the belief of virtual and these other models, like, you know, with Lululemon buying that, that one with the TV, I'm just wondering, is there a, a hybrid? Um, yeah. I don't stop and think about it as much as ever, but you've got my brain flying around in a few different directions here. But I'm just wondering, <laughs> <laughs> that comprehensive, you know, it's like you don't want to offer everything, but you do actually want to see, is there more hybrid? You know, I've got people hybrid working um, from home and, Trying to stay there, but they're all going to get forced to the office, and I think that's going to happen. Uh, pretty big, and and you know, everyone's looking at the the great re- resignation, saying, "Well, if you don't let me work at home, I'm not going to work for you." Well, uh, how does that look for me? I think um, I just see gyms, and 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 that is just going to grow. I, I, I'm not that big on the virtual space and haven't had a play. I just think it's more fickle, and um, I think the manufacturers is their best works yet to come and um you know people receiving the benefits um of you know getting an athletic body and working harder and 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 being more educated is another reason why our industry grows so people go i was a gym person because i just didn't get it but now that you've helped explain what i can achieve here um i think we've got some great years ahead provided we don't get uh be I mean, variant number seventeen of COVID, and all die. You know, I think there's there's, there's a lot of things to look forward to.
0: I think uh, bricks and mortar will never go away. There's always going to be a demand for people to come to a gym, just like there's always going to be a demand for people to dine in and sit down in a restaurant. Not everybody wants to do takeaway. I think with the online <laughs> programming. There will be a demand for that because we still have a high percentage of people who are unvaccinated and these people need to be looked after also because potentially they could be become uh, our members down the line. And so there's a podcast actually, Mark, that I did a couple of days ago with Sam Aldridge from Wixart and the podcast is actually targeted at very new people who don't understand the concept of, of online classes and how clubs can derive a really good profit from it. So if anybody sort of finds themselves in that catchment, a little bit uneducated about it, do jump onto that podcast. Yes, I think there there's going to be lots of people driving themselves back to clubs as the situation for work changes, but I also believe that there is a whole demographic out there that are now working out from home, in garages, with their kids, you know, with their partners, So COVID has taught us a lot about being around our family and our friends a little bit more and that there is more to life than business. So I think there's going to be a few shifts and I think that at the moment right now, there there is a need for both and I do honestly see clubs deriving strong profits from having both the physical and the online business. Mark, will you be at the Fitness and Wellness Show in Sydney?
1: Yeah, no, it certainly will be. We'll actually have our HFE on display. So, um, um, you know, for your, uh, anyone that wants to do a discovery call with me, that's the hit for everybody concept of subscribing and um, having continual programming, training the staff, the box on that, adds a whole bit. So that's going to be uh, earmarked that with uh, the great Sean Cranes and he's also uh, got me down for some, two. Uh, to, to, uh, uh, talks and um, yeah I'm looking forward to those presentations and no surprise they're naturally around the boutique kit and and these things that I'm completely obsessed with.
0: Well Mark you've certainly been uh, interesting to talk to today. I certainly love the fact that you come from an an equipment background that's a really strong foundation to success. So in today's podcast I spoke to Mark Gary. here. As you all heard, Mark is a high-intensity interval training and body wellness specialist. He'll be at the Fitness and Wellness Show March, Sydney, 2022. He's going to be talking about HIT franchising, boutique fitness, programming in your club. So you can go and visit him on his booth at the show and have a really good chat with him. He might even give you a, shout you a coffee. I don't doubt that for one moment. So Mark, in between now and March 2022, where is the best place for our podcast audience to get in touch with you?
1: Yeah, well, uh, easiest spelling of the world. Now, my name's quite unique with Gary, that that kind of token Irish background name. So easy to find on LinkedIn. Um, hit for everybody uh, the full spelling and obviously a double I, .com.au, highlowfitness.com.au, you know, I'm, I'm very active on on, uh, on our uh, um, website properties uh, so I'm not too hard to reach at all so between LinkedIn and our two websites uh, I'm always ready to chew the fat even people got some ideas that um, they need some advice on it's uh, like you mentioned with the coffee I love chatting about what I love doing so if I can help yeah reach out people
0: Sounds fantastic. So I'll be dropping Mark's details in the bottom of the podcast for you guys to follow up. And as you heard, Mark will be at the show in Sydney in March. Also, I want to thank Life Fitness Australia who strongly support our fitness business podcast here. Have a fantastic afternoon, Mark. I'll be seeing you in person at the show. And until then, stay safe.
1: Appreciate it, Mel. Looking forward to catching you up at... A long time between so be drinks. It'll be good to see this show and catch up, and everyone say, Here we are.
0: It certainly will be the highlight of 2022.
1: Absolutely.